The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G. This is your forum for exploring and discussing challenges that are faced by public and nonprofit leaders. And now, here's Dr. G. Good afternoon, and thank you for tuning in to Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. I'm Cheryl G., and I bring you greetings from the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Today, we're going to be talking about Managing personalities in the workplace, and with us to have, help us have this conversation is our associate producer, Ms. Valerie Wright. Valerie, thank you for being on the line. Thank you, Dr. G. Looking forward to the show today. Yes, Valerie is the president and CEO of, I want to say Wright Ideas, in, is that correct? Unlimited. Wright Ideas Unlimited? Yes. Okay, wonderful. Based in Palm Beach, Florida. So again, thank you, Valerie. Thank you, Dr. G. This is such a big topic, and I know that we could take it from so many different perspectives, Valerie. So I think um, to begin, I'm going to ask you to give our listening audience the call-in information so that they have an opportunity to shape this conversation as we go through it, and um, and also the email address if they prefer to email in questions. And then I'll maybe take a few questions, and we'll kind of see where we go from there. Okay, excellent. The the number to call in with questions is 1-866-472-5790. The, the email address is drg at org. That's dr.g at i-n-n-o v i s i o n s dot org dr g at innovations dot org okay wonderful thank you valerie <clears throat> you're welcome so, so we're posing the question got leadership challenges as relates to managing personalities in the workplace valerie um questions from our listening audience i have a question i think it's at the heart of the question here dr g from john in california it says what if the person that that is a challenge to manage is the boss. I see this happen time and time again where employees have to manage their bosses just to make it through the day. Wow. Ooh. Yeah, John, um, that is indeed, I think, um, a question that many would <laughs> that many would have some empathy with you over and say, yeah, I've, I've experienced that or I am experiencing that. Um and I think the place to start with managing challenges with personalities, be it the boss or anyone else, I think the boss piece becomes challenging because of the power differential. 
So obviously we recognize that um, the strategy and what we do might say and how we might say it and how we might go about doing things is a little different um, when you have power differential there. But um, I think in any race, or I say it in, in any case, we would start with managing self mm-hmm. and so becoming acutely aware of who I am and what I bring and how I impact the world around me and how I can manage me is the first base for being able to manage effectively our challenges with our boss, with our peers, with our direct reports, with our customers, really with anyone else. So it kind of starts with um, clarity of self and then managing from that. And I should probably step back a little bit with regards to um, the thinking of when we say personality in the workplace, um, there's probably different things that come to mind for different people. Um, Valerie, not to put you on the spot, but if I were to say personality in the workplace for you, what comes to mind for you? Um, to me, it, I would look at um, how other, how you interact with others, how you command and carry yourself uh, in your work culture and um, in relationship to others. Okay, great. Thank you. And I think that a lot of people use that framing for personality in the workplace. I think that's really a probably a good framing. We're looking at styles mm-hmm. um, and preferences um, that are pretty hard set in how one goes about negotiating the world around them and feeling about things and perceiving things. Um, there's so many different frameworks that we could go into that might give us an example of this to start from. I have struggled with which one of these to maybe bring up, but I think I will bring up the, I don't know, Valerie, you tell me, should I go temperaments or interaction styles? I think interaction style is probably the better place to start. Okay, let's start with interaction styles. I think for our listening audience, what I'd like to do is go through four interaction styles. And, John, I'm going to take this back to you and saying, as I kind of started with, if I understand where I am and I see myself in relation to others, it really does position me to better navigate. So I think I will start with sharing four interaction styles. And after going through them, I invite you as well as our other listening audience uh, members to just kind of think about where you see yourself and to see if it gives you any clues as to then why there seems to be um, more challenge or less challenge in managing different ones in that workplace with you. The first interaction style I'm going to just call out is called in charge. And the in charge interaction style, and I'm using terminology from Linda Barron's work as relates to interaction styles, it does um, somewhat translate into the DISC as well for those who are familiar with the DISC. So I'll say the in-charge style is like the dominance or the driving style that's described in the um, DISC. Um, the drive for the in-charge in style is they have a pressing need to accomplish. They tend to make very quick decisions, tend to have a talent with regards to how they go about doing things, might be providing or mobilizing resources, articulating a vision, accomplishing through others, executing actions, and, again, really great mobilizers. Others will tend to see them as energetic, confident, composed, in control, commanding, sociable, straightforward, and quite decisive. Their aim tends to always be to get an achievable result. 
that's our kind of like our in-chart style in a nutshell. We move to the chart the core style. Chart the core style tends to have more of a pressing need to anticipate. So they make slower, uh, one might say, they're a little slower in their, de- in their delivering a decision to others because they're very deliberate in that decision-making process. Their natural talents tends to be around monitoring progress, giving guidance, devising a plan, illuminating with regards to sharing an ideal, figuring out what needs to be done, who might be the best person in some ways to maybe help make it happen, um, providing outlines and planning for the logistics. Their appearance might appear to others to be intense, quiet, quite focused, calm, reserved, private, pretty direct in their communication style, and deliberate in action, and their aim tends to be to get a desired result. The third interaction style we're going to talk about is get things going. And Let me back up and say on the disc, for those who have familiarity with that, the um, chart, the course style would be more like your C. It would be more like the cautious, conscientious, compliant almost um, might be how that category is described. But I'll say conscientious is probably the best word. Get things going style tends to have a um, urgent need to involve. They want to be involved and they want to involve others. And their natural decision-making style tends to be collaborative on the disc, they tend to be what we call more influencers. Uh, so great talent with regards to facilitating, brainstorming, persuading. Again, almost like the um, in charge with a little bit of different flavor, but can give energy, very energizing. Share insights, explore options, discover new ways of seeing things. Others will tend to see them as energetic, animated, expressive, enthusiastic, engaging, quite gregarious persuasive and consensual because, again, they really like people to want to, which goes to their aim is to get an embraced result. And then last but not least, we have the the behind-the-scenes style. Behind-the-scenes style tends to have a natural drive and a pressing need to integrate um, different pieces of information from different wants and sources. And after they kind of move through that pressing need for um, integrating um, that approach is really around making a consultative decision. So they're going to do onesie-onesies, check the resources, and then kind of get by themselves integrated and emerge with a consultative decision, a, an informed decision. Their talent tends to be searching for commonalities, reconciling inconsistencies, sustaining efforts, encouraging participation, supporting others, clarifying values, producing high-quality results, Others will tend to see them as quiet, reflective, quite agreeable, unassuming, accommodating, friendly, quite patient, and again, um, consultative in their approach. Aim is to get the best possible results. So they may be a little slower in coming to the decision because they want to think about it, and then they want to think about it one more time, reflect on it, and then share that decision with others. So those are four um, broad decision-making, uh, when I say broad, um, interaction styles, which can then lead to leadership styles and I think in understanding where our leaders that we're trying to manage up might fit, John, might be uh, a good way of then positioning ourselves to figure out how do I manage against that energy or sometimes what we're having may be interaction style clash. For example, we talked about the in-charge style being very quick and making decisions. Where if I happen to be behind the scenes person 
and I'm trying to manage an in-charge person, you can just see how the energy difference in the pace difference um, could be frustrating to one person or the other. The um, or I guess you'd say the other thing is the in-charge style and the chart-the-course style tend to be quite direct in their communication style, which could feel a little bossy-bootish to those who tend to be more informing, like to get things going and behind the scenes, tend to be a little bit more informing in their interaction style. I'd say the biggest thing if you're trying to manage up a boss and they happen to be the in-charge style, John, would be... Um, you know, really figuring out how do you how do you get yourself in a space where you've had an opportunity to think about what you need to think about and be ready to uh, be quick and you're engaging with that person. This is not a person that's going to allow you time to process with them. So if you're walking in thinking you're going to process something with them, you're going to be disappointed and probably pretty frustrated. You probably need to process and be ready to quickly move through that interaction um, if you have an in-charge person. Uh, can't even, one might say, expect that you're going to get a lot of direction or support because that style tends to like to work with people who are highly competent and highly motivated. And so the expectation is that you figured it out and you're going to come in and kind of do the, you know, briefing on, with them and yada, yada. If I happen to be an in-charge style, what I want to think about so that my people are getting more of what they need is that not everybody is ready to take the hill and people may need more support. And it doesn't, it's not a reflection on them poorly as much as I might need to set people up for success more if I have the in-charge style because it can be very easy to take that style and, um, and think that others are, are um, not in need as, not as in need as um, the direction and support. And again, may uh, move so quickly, might need to slow down to let others get on um, par with us or really in that in, in sync with us. Looks like we need to go to break. We're going to do that and come back and talk a little bit more about personalities in the workplace and how we might manage ourselves or manage others. So please stay with us. We'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, Informing Leaders, Inspiring Solutions. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or email G at dr.g at innovisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Technology is changing the way we live our lives and how we do business. On CIO Talk Radio, we talk about the benefits of technology and the great things it allows us to do, as well as its risks. Heard every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, Sunjo Gall interviews business leaders and other experts that are shaping the way we use technology. To learn more about this show, visit www.ciotalkradio.com. Keep up with the changing world of technology. 
technology and listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjo Gall. Listen in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, right here on Voice America Business. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to dr.g at innovations.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. And we're back with more on Leadership Matters, bringing you greetings from the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Today we're talking about managing personalities in the workplace. John from California, we thank you for your initial question. And uh, Valerie, I just want to kind of continue in that vein with regards to, I know we shared the framework on um, interaction styles. And if you were to, you know, maybe guide me through this conversation of, of maybe uh, debriefing that a little bit more and then maybe moving back to our um, questions from our listening audience? Absolutely. Well, I would ask, Dr. G, as a follow-up, if I am in charge, my personality style, I think, from hearing that is an in-charge style, so how might uh, someone who works with me uh, better manage me and how might I better manage myself in relation to others in the workplace. Oh, that's a great question, Valerie. So, let's start with I, if I with yourself being um, in charge. Right. Um, I think the the biggest the joy that people tend to talk about with regards to the uh, in charge style is that the um, in charge style does tend to bring energy, and that's always embraced and appreciated, and um, kind of a can-do attitude and make-it-happen attitude, which is also very much appreciated. The challenge is that sometimes that pace that uh, comes along with that energy can feel overwhelming. And so... um, I get that. (laughs) That sense of overwhelming, it can be... uh, It's like in charge can bring a sense of urgency. Sometimes the urgency is truly urgent depending upon the situation, but sometimes the urgency is just coming from personality. Like they've decided this is what I want to get done today, and by God, I'm going to get it done because I want to get it done. But other than their personality or their desire to get it done, there's nothing pressing. And so uh, what in charge has to make sure is that they've enrolled others in the process before they get going. So you might want to just make sure, you know, do I have the key people who are important for this to be successful on board? Have I left the station, but when I get to a destination, am I going to have people there with me ready for implementation, or have I left too soon and I got, you know, an arm and a leg and a knee and people didn't get on the train before I got moved and they're going to be all maimed right. and not able to follow it through because I've moved too fast for they to get in sync with me and get on board with my ideal. So pace becomes real big, checking pace, and not not viewing others as moving slow as much as viewing yourself as moving quickly. Because if you view others as moving slow, what happens when we we actually place judgment on others is um, we create a disconnect. People can't connect with us, and we can come across as being arrogant. 
And in our own minds, we actually can't be arrogant. We can label others as being, you know, don't get it, slow, stupid, <laughs> you know, not capable, when really what they prefer to do is um, be much more deliberate in their movement toward action. They're thinking just as fast, but their decision and their readiness for action may be at a um, at a slower pace. So the other thing that in charge wants to be aware of, uh, Valerie, you might be aware of in your own style, is that the communication style from in charge tends to be around directing. And um, it can, as I said earlier, sound a little bossy. And so um, making sure that the directing gets wrapped in courtesy words like um, please and thank you, um, that you acknowledge the person as a person before maybe handing them something to do, like, hi, so-and-so. Uh, so making sure that the social and emotional needs are met and so the courtesy words and context. Sometimes we don't have to provide context, but when we provide a little context, people feel a little bit more included in a process. So instead of saying, get some milk, to say, we're out of milk, would you please get some, could get me the same result and not only meet my um, need to, communicate what I need to have done, but also meet the other person's needs with regards to feeling like they are a valued um, human being as well and not just being ordered around. Plus, a little context allows someone to maybe um, add a little more, do a little something for us um, than if they were simply doing pigeonhole work. Mm-hmm. Does that help at all? That's very helpful and enlightening. So now how does someone who's trying to work with me, how do they deal with and manage that? Mm-hmm. Especially the energy and the, because I I see myself all in that. Right. Um, how do how do they deal with that and mm-hmm. and maintain partnership? Right. That's a great point. I love that maintaining partnership. I think um, it becomes real important to not um, get caught up in the storm with you. When I say get caught up in the storm with you, um, I'm not going to walk into an in charge person's office, particularly if that person is like John was talking about, they're my boss and they have more authority than me, and think I'm going to process something with them. I'm going to process it by myself um, and bring it to them after I've processed it, but I'm open still to more direction. I'm open to considering, but I know that this is not a person who likes to do a whole lot of chewing it out. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to process so that I get a little bit of a head start in my thinking, and I'm ready to kind of move into the groove of deliberation with them um, and not be just so raw in my thoughts. So that's going to be one thing. The second thing is I'm going to ask them, um, I'm going to um, figure out ways to, again, support myself in getting space. When I say support myself in getting space, support myself in getting um, and staying up to speed by being organized, by um, just doing what I can to not even get into their view until I'm ready to go. If I'm not ready to go, then I'm not going to bring it to them or go into that space just yet. So to the extent that I can, I'm always readying myself because um, I can anticipate that they're going to be maybe a step ahead and if I try and um, meet them with the idea of I'll catch up as we go, it's going to be frustrating for me and them, and I'm not going to be able to be at my best. So I have to honor that they move a little bit faster. I'm going to also have to ask for what I need. The in-charge person is typically going to 
um, not always. The other thing I guess I should say for yourself is managing on the back end becomes very common for in-charge because that in-charge person tends to be able to take the heel. They have the confidence to go for what they've never experienced and just make it happen, whereas others may not necessarily have that. And so, But in-charge doesn't always – sometimes we suffer from the be-like-me syndrome, so I think others can do that because I do that. And so really recognizing – that in-charge style tends to provide low direction and low support. So they tend to work very nicely with highly motivated and highly competent people. But not everyone's going to be highly motivated. Not everyone's going to be highly competent. And that's not, that's not to say that they can't become highly motivated or highly competent, <clears throat> but it is to say that I'm going to have to do some developing work. Mm-hmm. If I'm managing um, up, I need to ask for what it is I need. I need to probably look for support someplace else quite frankly, but direction, if I need direction, I need to get, be clear and get it up front before I begin to just take myself, you know, into that mountain. And, and it may be that I actually need to seek that from someplace else. You know, sometimes um, we just have to know how much patience someone's going to have with me. So if I'm managing up and I know that I have just a limited window of opportunity, do what I can within that limited window. If I need direction and support from someplace else, let me get it so that I'm fortified to deal with my boss. Does any of that make sense? That makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Perfect sense. And I think it, 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 it's great. And I want to go through the others because I think that is um, so important to understand who you're dealing with and how you can deal with them in a way despite the the challenges in a way that gets, um, the work move forward and create a good working space. So if we were doing that, say talk about chart the course, how how would I or anybody deal with the person who's chart the course? How how would we interact with them and manage them? Okay. I, uh, I um, appreciate that. And, um, you know, Val, I want to step back and just, because uh, what you just said about in charge would actually go to all of them. And that would be, you know, not personalizing. I think an, another piece for our being able to be okay is to not personalize the interaction. That feels like it might have been a little bit of a, mis, a misfire or, or a, a rub because very often it's not necessarily personal as much as it is just a style rub. So I want to say that. As far as chart the course, chart the course individuals can sometimes be perceived as not approachable. So if I happen to be the chart the course style, um, and I'm going to talk first from the space of you are chart the leader. Course. Huh? You said you are chart the course? Now? Yeah, let's say if I, I, I'm not chart the course, but let's say if I were chart the oh, course. okay. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to, um, one of the things I would want to know is that as a leader, sometimes people don't view the chart the course leader as approachable. Yet they very often are very approachable, but sometimes they can look so intense and so focused that people get the impression that an interruption or an engagement is not welcomed. So knowing that chart the course style, um, smiling more frequently can be helpful, and saying things that let people know that you are approachable can be quite helpful as well. Um, chart the course style tends to be direct also in the communication style, and they will tend to provide high direction but low support. So they work very high, very well with someone who might be new and they need a lot of direction, 
but it could be a little frustrating for that person who has high competence and they don't need as much direction. So making sure that they provide direction according to where the person is in their development. They tend to provide load support, so making sure that they're also encouraging and that they're cheering people on um, and acknowledging good things that are happening can be real important for them to just give themselves as a reminder. In charge would need to remind themselves to do both, <laughs> um, you know, because they have these, one might say, high expectations. Um, chart the course can sometimes have higher expectations than they might. Um, in other words, make sure that you allow the other person to contribute and um, because chart the course will tend to be so directing that that high performer may stop thinking and just kind of go with the direction from the chart the course person because they're getting so much direction and not a, and not so much support. So it could really be deflating to their own initiative around um, contributing their own thoughts to a process. So something for chart the course to think about um, in their style. And um, hmm, where should we go next, Valerie? I would want to know about the behind-the-scenes person. Okay. Behind-the-scenes tend to be what I would call that style that somewhat of a natural coach in the sense that they will tend to provide high direction and high support. They tend to have an informing communication style, so it tends to feel collaborative, although it's not collaborative. The, the, the piece that becomes a little bit um, be aware for behind-the-scenes is that although they're great coaches, they can sometimes be challenging in a leadership style because they like to own the decision, pretty much like the in-charge. Pretty In-charge and behind-the-scenes control is important to both of them. In-charge, it's like pretty obvious. Behind-the-scenes, it's not so obvious. But as behind-the-scenes leaders, behind-the-scenes leader could become pretty much a bottleneck and slow things down if they're not delegating the decision-making along with task. So that would be something for a behind-the-scenes person to be um, aware of. And last but not least, to get things going, uh, get things going tends to provide high direction but low support. So if you have someone who has um, high competence and they're not getting a lot of direction, that's okay. But if they have low competence and they're not getting a lot of direction, we're just cheering them on, that's not going to help that person be successful. So for that get things going person to really kind of think about um, the need for them to also provide direction and not just cheering others on. Um, and then also sometimes that behind that um, get things going leader can can be so collaborative in decision making that they don't own their authority and own when they need to make the decision. There's sometimes when when they have the competence and they need to step in and be more consultative than collaborative and and you know get input, but then own making the decision themselves, not be a, a decision by committee. Mm-hmm. So does that kind of give some feels around those styles? It does, and I have a question that I think. Uh, we we have to go to commercial, but I sh- would like to ask when we return okay. about these styles. Great. I will uh, look forward to that. Please stay with us. We'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. 
Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or email drg at dr.g at innovisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. Stock prices plunging, home prices receding, and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to dr.g at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. And we're back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. Valerie, before we went to break, you said you had a question you wanted to ask. Yes, as you were describing the uh, each of those four interaction styles, I heard places where part of my personality seemed to fit. What does that indicate in terms of how who I am and how I come forth in, in terms of interaction? Yeah. You know, when we look at a lot of the personality profiles, what many of our theorists have done is they've identified dichotomies, um, like opposites. And uh, when we look at temperament, our Myers-Briggs, our interaction styles, um, we might find that we're not to one extreme or the other extreme in these dichotomies, but we might find ourselves somewhat with some of a, um, a mixed mode, one might say. And the mode might be dependent upon the situation. We have what's core for us, and what's core for us is, is that default space where we might tend to go. But then we also have adaptive selves. And in our adaptive self and in our contextual self, we tend to go where we need to go depending upon the situation. And I think that's very healthy. Um, it's helpful to understand what's core because then it helps me understand where I'm driving from um, and I have a place to center from. Um, and one of the beauties in being able to understand, let's say, each of the interaction styles is that if I find myself in a situation and I know I need to be collaborative, then perhaps I really want to think about what are some of the characteristics of that get things going style, what are some of the things that they do, and that I might need to put myself in that space in order to be successful in facilitating. If I find myself really needing to be that person who's the hard driver and make it happen and execute, although my natural style may tend to be a little bit more um, 
slower and methodical. I want to plan. I want to follow the plan. I'm a little bit more introverted. But I'm now in charge of of rescuing people who are drowning. You know, stop the planning, move to in charge. And so if the situation calls for in charge, then I want to be that confident person who can mobilize resources and make it happen. I can go home to my home interaction style, but we are free will individuals, and as free will individuals, we can choose how we're going to be and how we're going to navigate. And that's really um, important in order to be interpersonally and culturally competent as we're engaging in the world around us. One style may fit certain situations, but it may not necessarily fit every situation. I want to know what's my home base, and I want to be able to flex my style according to the situation. Excellent. That makes perfect sense. Um, and, and how does that impact as, as a leader when you talk about changing styles to fit situations? Okay. My interaction style may change, but my core Value should stay the same. So I might flex, and there may be some situations, as I know you used to be here with us at the neighborhood house, Valerie, so you know what jai-tiny means. (laughs) Right. (laughs) There may be times where we need to be jai-tiny, as our CEO would say, and not notice, well, if I happen to be that very extroverted person, but I walk into a situation where it requires me to be jai-tiny, a little bit more introverted, it doesn't change who I am, but it's changing how I am in that situation. It gets to be pretty... um, it could be pretty chaotic to people if they see my values changing, mm-hmm. if they see my core message changing, if they see my core vision as not being clear. But if those things are constant, but how I drive and how I navigate changes according to what's happening in the world. In other words, if, I need, if I'm in a situation where I need to extrovert, be more outspoken, I can be more outspoken. If I'm in a situation where I need to be a little bit more reserved, I can be a little bit more reserved or a lot more reserved. I don't think that that is what would be problematic for someone's leadership style. What would be problematic for the leadership style would be if my values change and people can't figure out what's important to me if my vision changes and people can't figure out where I'm leading them to go, if those other things that are core to how I'm going about leader are being a leader are wobbling or if I am just like um, moody as heck, that's, and that's different than our interaction styles. Having um, I can navigate in any of these interaction styles and still be pleasant, still be gracious, still be um, effective if I'm if I am if I am all over the board with regards to my mood, then that's a whole different situation because then we're talking about personality disorders, not styles. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. Yeah. Excellent. So uh, we have a question actually along those lines, and there's another part to it. You probably answered the first part from Jenna in California, and she says, how does personality types of introverted and extra impact leadership styles, and does one make a better leader than um, the other? Mm, okay. Well, I would say that um, that whether or not a person is introverted or extroverted will definitely impact their leadership style. One's not better than the other. What determines whether or not I'm going to be effective is how I manage what's in my package. I could be extroverted and be have so much energy that I am just buggy and over the top annoying as heck. 
because it's just so much energy. People could be like, could you pull some of that energy back? <laughs> or I could be so introverted, you know, to where, you know, people are saying, do we need to check that woman, make sure she has a pulse? You know, because it's just so flat. Right. <laughs> and, it, and it's really being able to understand who we are and what we bring and what does the situation call for so that I can manage myself according to the situation. I don't shift from who I am as relates to my core, but I extend myself into other ways of engaging as is required to be effective. So being introverted or extroverted in and of itself, it's just the packaging. What I do with this is, is really what matters, and it's what's going to determine whether or not I am effective or not effective, but in and of itself, one style's not better than the other. Excellent. Okay. We have a question from Susan in uh, New York. She says, I am a human resource professional interested in learning more about personality and types. I'm finding that there are combinations of personality types that are varied and vast in titles and terms. What approach can I take to developing an understanding of personality types uh, to become proficient enough to make an impact in my role in HR. Okay. Uh, thank you, Susan. Well, you know, I say it really depends, Susan, on where you sit within your HR department and how much time you have. I think that um, sometime in our HR capacities, we may be the practitioner for the organization that is actually um, tasked with um, providing workshops, providing coaching, and really leveraging our knowledge of personality types and helping others develop an understanding so that they can best create an inclusive environment where everyone feels valued and, and appreciated and you're not having a lot of personality clashes happening. Um, sometimes in HR, we're more, uh, we want to provide an oversight. We don't want to do any of the actual delivery ourselves um, because if we go dive, dive down too deep, then we are kind of like one might say off the balcony and not really be able to get a view of what's happening um, organizational-wide. So depending upon where you sit, Susan, it varies with regards to how deep you want to go. I think having a, um understanding of a few um, personality profiles can be very helpful for you to select which ones you'd like to use within your organization, be it you yourself and what you do or you're bringing in professionals to team with uh, what it is you do. My own personal biases is I love Linda Barron's work and I like the instruments that are used with Consulting Psychologist Press because many of them um, fit well together. For example, interaction styles and temperament and the temperament, um, David Kersey has a book called Please Understand Me. He has a great website where people can go online and kind of get free um, information, one might say, and do an initial assessment. That's great for discussion. But that temperament work can be further um, used at probably a more professional level with Linda Barron's work. And she's out of the Huntington Beach area and does a lot of train-to-trainers for internal and external um, HR and OD types. And... Um, and it, when you use it along with interaction styles, gives you your Myers-Briggs type indicator. And so you could actually really do a really good workup and development just using those three instruments. Then you have the Workplace Big Five. You have the DISC. Um, 
you have insights, just a number of other, you have Fire B, a whole suite of things from um, Consulting Psychologist Press that really helps people get insight regarding their styles and then how those styles might either uh, work well or be challenging in working with others. So I would say uh, becoming proficient be your just diving in, deciding which ones you want to develop some understanding of, do some Googling, and then from that Googling process, um, go through a training yourself and then decide what's your methodology going to be. Is it you as practitioner or is it you as leveraging other practitioners? But um, get, get a stable few and work those stable fews for at least a few years so that they become something that really people not only know but can use as information to navigate and work together gather better. Looks like we have to go to commercial break again, so we'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, Informing Leaders, Inspiring Solutions. Business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or email G at dr.g at innovisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Hey, did you know Voice America has partnered with the KidStar Network to expand their reach through Voice America Kids? Voice America Kids will feature talk radio for kids, by kids, along with special event programming and live broadcasts. Each program is conveniently archived for on-demand listening at any time. Please check our archives for the latest events and happenings on voiceamericakids.com. Zoom Leadership. It's the big picture issues of the day, up close and personal capabilities of leadership, and a desirable future of constant renewal. Zoom Leadership. It's the economic crisis made clear, patterns and perspectives of leadership, and the importance of changing the way we pursue our future. Join host John Schmidt every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time. Zoom Leadership. An inside look at what's really going on in business, government, and civil society. Tune in every week on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to dr.g at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. And we're back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. Um, 
Valerie, any more questions from our listening audience on this wonderful topic of managing personalities in the workplace? Yes, we have a question from Calvin in Texas. His question states, what are some pros and cons of using workplace personality testing to assist in making hiring decisions, and how should it be used in the hiring process? Ooh, that's a good one, Calvin. I'd say extremely cautiously. I um, personally am a an advocate for using personality inventories um, and assessment tools for um, development, uh, be it individual development, like professional development, leadership development, team development, organization development, moving things forward from that vein. Not so much for um, using, though, in the hiring process. I think that becomes pretty um, a slippery slope because someone could make a decision based on a personality profile that someone is you know, that they don't think that someone's a good fit for a job, and that's t- and that's a real bias that I don't think that could be made. Th- because people are, um, I can you can have people who have the same um, interaction style or MBTI uh, disc or so on and so forth, and depending upon how they use their energy behind that style, how balanced and grounded they are in that style, they may be they may do just fine, and so. I feel like it's a little discriminatory to use it in the hiring process, so I personally don't recommend it. I have one uh, professional colleague that I really have a lot of trust in that I think that she um, does use it in that way, and um, I think because of my high respect for her, I think that if it can be done in a really good way, she would probably be an expert on telling one how to do it or an expert that one might hire to do it. Her name is Nancy Howler, and I'm sure she can be Googled and found. She's in the San Diego area, but it's um, personally something that I uh, step away from, and I will tend to only recommend using it for development purposes. Thank you for your question, Calvin. Mm-hmm. I, I would like to follow up. Calvin's question, Dr. G. You talked about using um, personality testing in other areas like organization development, leadership development, coach, and so forth. What are some ways those testing get used, say, in coaching or in leadership development? How does it uh, support those processes? Yeah, okay. and um, Great. I'm going to respond to the word testing. Because uh, a lot of times people think of it as testing, and I like to probably just phrase it as assessment or an inventory or tools, because usually with tests one thinks of like right and wrong question, right and wrong answers, and when we're using um, the MBTI or some of the other assessment instruments, there's no right or wrong question. Mm-hmm. So I'll just step back from from um, the word that I think Calvin had began us using that as testing and really kind of think of it more as an inventory or as as an assessment. But I use um, MBTI, interaction styles, workplace, I use an entire battery of those uh, in the work that I do with the Center for Creative Leadership as well as in other venues um, to really increase a person's understanding of themselves, to help increase a person's understanding of of others that they're navigating with and to help people really understand how they want to be together, like where they might be able to balance and ground each other as a team, um, 
so it's really um, how do we help people self-manage so that they're able to help us in creating that inclusive environment as well as be considerate of others and value what others are bringing to help leverage what others bring to have that inclusive environment. And so I'll use the instrument to um, increase awareness and to create a common language for discussing, for leveraging, for exploring challenges, um, either on an individual or on a um, team level. Does that make sense, Valerie? Did I answer that enough? Absolutely, and okay. I get it. Then that That's what I wanted to know because I think, yeah, it definitely makes sense in terms of helping people understand self and others to, to improve how they interact in the workplace. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I have a question from Devin in Florida. Devin says, I have, <clears throat> excuse me, I have a colleague at work that I just hate to see coming. He's one of those individuals who counter everything, whatever conversation, whatever whatever work-related football, current events, politics, you name it, and he just makes it difficult to discuss even when he hasn't been invited into the conversation. How can I help my encounters with him be more positive without avoiding him altogether? Hmm. That's a very um, good question, and it'd be helpful for uh, Devin, I think, for you to get in tune with what you'd like to um, see this colleague do differently. Like, what would work better for you, and to be able to ask for it um, in a gracious way. So um, it may be that, and it may be SBI, which are situation behavior impact and suggestion may not necessarily be the way to go. Um, in this case, you might want to use something softer, like the appreciative inquiry approach that says to your colleague, let's say if his name was Brad, hey, Brad, you know, I really um, love that you always have a lot to offer to conversations. Um, and what would be more helpful to me is what would make it me really um, enjoy conversations with you as opposed to be somewhat reluctant to engaging you is if we could have it with less energy or if we could have it with a more positive note or if we could have it with yada, yada, yada. So if you could think of, Devin, what's your vision and share that with him and ask for them what it is you want and to get some agreement around it or just to say, you know, how could I support you in making that happen? How could we have that happen? Um, I'd say have that conversation. Um, sometimes, you know, if there's aware one of the things I love about when we do personality um, workshops uh, with work teams is that people get to understand each other and know each other, and then they have a safe way of being able to say, your E is challenging my I, <laughs> or, <laughs> or your P is just like all over the place, and I really need more focus with my J. But they begin to develop a language so they can have some conversations around what are some of the nuances about personality styles that might be driving some of the challenges. And some things are coming from personality style, and some things may be coming from some other areas. But at any rate, uh, Devin, being able to put yourself in a space where you can have conversations safely is probably going to support you best in getting your need met. So thank you so much for sending in your question, Devin. Okay. From Leslie in Minnesota. Okay. Uh, Leslie says, I have heard a lot of comments about people with type A personalities and have even been called type A in jest. Please discuss 
the three types, A, B, and C, and how they might show up at work. Okay. I think that's a great question, Leslie, and unfortunately, I'm not as familiar with it. I've heard the term type A uh, as opposed to type B and type C. It's not a framework that I am um, as familiar with, so I would be um, I'd be reluctant to say, just in case I might say something wrong, but I would invite you to our wonderful world of the web because I'm sure there's a resource on there that could be um, helpful. And sorry, I couldn't give you more on that. Okay, looks like we're about to needing to transition um, out. Valerie, is there anything you want to say with regards to any offerings you have coming up or things you want to call anyone's attention to or your website? Um, I don't have the website up yet. That's coming in two weeks, and okay. we're excited. So as soon as it's up, I'll let you know the website we've already obtained, which is rightideasunlimited.com. So in a couple of weeks, we'll have it up and invite you to go out and see all the wonderful things we're offering here in Florida. Okay, great. And I also want to let our listeners know about the advance that's coming up. You can go to www.theadvance.org. That is a um, cultural competence academy for leaders. It's going to be held in San Diego, California, November 14th through 17th. So, again, that's www.theadvance.org. Thank you so much, Valerie, for being with us today. Thank you, Dr. G. Grayshell. Mm-hmm. Yes, and thank you to our listening audience, those who sent in questions and those who just um, were tuning in. Uh, we really appreciate it. Please join us every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. Thank you again for tuning in. Leadership Matters with Dr. G is broadcast live every Wednesday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a wonderful week and make your leadership matter.